This is the Shift Podcast. On the Shift Daily Podcast, are you okay with a six-hour car chase? Well, clearly, as long as everybody's safe. Or are you okay with ridiculously fast roller coasters? That went to a place where I would like to apologize in advance to you listening uh, to that one. Also on the podcast, Entertainment Canada's Graham O'Neill talked Golden Globes, and we do Throwback Thursday to the year 2008 on The Shift. Ryan O'Donnell steps in with In Case You Miss It. All of this and more on The Shift Daily Podcast. Um, since we were talking about Constellations earlier and the Big Dipper, um, I'm looking forward to hear what the uh, what the Matt's Big Dipper moon dial sounds like as we get ready for the show. Yeah, let me uh, let me just check in. Hey, moon dial. Oh boy. Hey, hey, put that down. Yeah, no, we've got a uh, yeah, we got work to do. And don't stop being silly. We got complaints. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it was just one guy, but sometimes once is enough. <laughs> yes yeah, so, no no stop stop laughing at those names in the corner i know that they're funny i know that randy bird is funny and harry richard is funny We're, but you're not three years oh you are three years old okay my mistake sorry okay we're ready there was a text came in and said there was a realtor in north vancouver named randy bird i mean if you're gonna have a name like that absolutely market it i think that's amazing what a great name to use on the radio Randy Bird. Thanks for listening to the program. I'm Randy Bird. I like that one. That's it's the cleanest one I think that we've gotten. It is right. Are you okay? With are you okay? We ask you. Are you okay with things like car chases? Are you okay with car chases? Heck yes. Um, I love car chases. I think the car chase is probably one of the best and most necessary parts of any action movie besides the fight yep. scenes. Um, yep. Yeah. I mean, Speed was a movie built just entirely out of car chase. Ooh. So bus That's chases. That's a great point, Bus chases. Bus chases. Uh, did you guys see Tenant? I haven't seen Tenant yet, no. Tenant has my, I think it is my favorite car chase ever in how it is presented and the way the action is influenced by the way it's filmed. It's brilliant. And that scene in that movie is one of the reasons my brother has watched that movie five times since it wow. came out like less than six months ago. So I am also very okay with it. Also the car chase in the rock. Remember that one? Yeah. The Lamborghini. Yeah. Oh, and we can't forget blues brothers. So many car oh. chases fantastic well, yeah there you go you guys are missing out like the best car chase ever was the italian job the escape with all the minis going through the tunnels mm, right that's like a good one point. of the best ones right right yeah ever and a great roller coaster at canada's wonderland too before it's not paramount anymore that's a whole nother story but yes all for it when we were in the program last night something was happening in the world that we wanted to talk about but we couldn't because we didn't know the outcome yet. Not that you need to know the outcome, but in this particular case, this was real life stuff. So we waited. And it's possible that it is one of the longest car chases in the history of all car chases, if not the LAPD. A shooting suspect was arrested early Wednesday morning after leading authorities on more than six-hour pursuit 
through several L.A. County cities. Boy, if you're going to commit a crime, have a full tank of gas. My God. Uh, here's more from KABC News. High-speed pursuit. David, look at this suspect driving very erratically through the streets of Englewood. That was our Chris Christie in Air 7 HD getting over the pursuit just after 7 o'clock last night. Police tried to pull over that shooting suspect and thought he was hiding a gun. This chase went all over L.A., officers eventually using a spike strip, which blew out the car's tires. The man then driving just a couple of miles an hour for most of the night. The story was such a talker on social media, people were even lining the overpasses and the sides of freeways to catch a glimpse. The suspect kept playing a game of cat and mouse with officers, starting and stopping, backing up traffic at 1130 at night. There are thousands of people stuck on the 10 freeway as we speak uh, for several miles through East L.A. into the San Gabriel Valley. The car finally gave out around 1.30 this morning, and the man was taken into custody right on the 10 freeway in Ontario. Whoa. Whoa. Now, not our Ontario. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> he didn't get Air that Ontario. far on his only, his only on his rims, but... <laughs> slow-mo car chases are are the best um but the spike strip i i imagine when i first had read the article about it that they finally took him down with a spike strip i just assume my brain went there i just assumed that after six hours they were like normally like like you imagine the cops are sitting there like uh, hey bill want a coffee yeah thanks bob you know normally we get out of these car chases earlier i feel like we're missing something isn't there something that we normally do here oh the spike strip Duh! we forgot to do that on the first five minutes of the chase six hours later turns out that was not the case but uh to derek's text movie car chases are awesome i'm okay with them real life car chases are freaking scary i've seen two people get killed during car chases that's just it right like they helicopters i mean there's helicopters today and they've got super X-ray, clear-view AI cameras or something in them that can follow, see right through your trunk. So I made that part up. Uh, hashtag Chevy Malibu was trending on Twitter this morning as many social media um, folks were so impressed with the durability of the car. At one point, someone stopped on the side of the freeway and produced a sign that read, Fool's Gone Wild. <laughs> I, you shouldn't encourage it. But I mean, the car drew for like it drove for like four hours on wheels with no tires. So if you're looking for a new car, maybe we need to talk to Lacey Lee about this. How can a yeah. car manage to drive for that long with nothing on the rims? If That's it was insane. a Mini or a BMW, it'd have your run flats, which would be cool. But those are expensive. And yeah, like. What does it say about society when something like this happens and we just race out to watch it and cheer them on? Like, that's pretty sad. It really is, though. I mean, fun, sure, I get it. Don't get me wrong, sense of humor. I don't want to be like Eeyore the donkey here, but it's kind of like, really? That's the place we get to? Like, yeah. Right? It kind of feels dirty, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, I mean, like, you definitely want your car chase to be not in the real world. You know, you want it to be right. in, like, the Dukes of Hazard or something exactly. like that. Exactly, and that's where you can have the more ridiculous, amazing stuff, like James Bond cars with machine guns yes, coming yes, out of the yes. lights or, or uh, time-traveling cars, back. oil mm-hmm. slicks, yep. Love yeah, that. that's what we want. Keep it in the movies, folks. Keep it in the yep. movies. Way to go, OJ. Wrecked it. Are you Okay. 
Oh, just find the button here. Da, 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 there it is. <laughs> Are you okay with finding the button? Whew. Are you Found okay it. with roller coasters? Speaking of roller coasters, uh, yeah. Um, I like the wooden roller coaster at uh, the PNE here oh, in Vancouver. Really? That's a great roller coaster. It is. It's terrifying. Um, yeah. But it's also just legendarily terrifying. But they hurt, good though. The old wooden ones, they're so rickety and you're bouncing around. Yeah. That's, isn't that kind of the fun, though? I, I am a huge thrill seeker. Leviathan at Canada's Wonderland has an absurd drop. And me and my dad had the fast pass. I went on it and then immediately got off and then got back on it. And then I kind of blacked out on the second drop for like a split second. But it was totally worth it. And the wooden roller coaster there, Wildebeest is an amazing roller coaster. So yes, yeah. all for them. It was one that I went on there. I think it was called Top Gun. I'm not quite sure, but it was like a yep. seated one where your feet hang down. Yeah, I know which one. Yep. That's cool. I mean, mm. roller coasters, I've always had this dream. And maybe this might be our 2022 summer road trip. But I wanted to, like, we'll go get an old Cadillac, like big old Cadillac. We'll cut the top off it, just the windshield. And we'll drive it till it dies. The only thing we take with us is enough money for airfare home. And so when the car dies, we leave it. And our map waypoints is only based on roller coasters. That's oh, it. that's like the dream right there. Hey. hey, yeah, that's all I want. All I want is just roller coasters. Yeah, we should do that. Give me more. All right. A uh, roller coaster is now under development in the Middle East to set uh, set to smash existing records for speed, height, and the length of the track. It's called Falcon's Flight, and it will be the main attraction at Six Flags Kedaya, uh, due to open in Saudi Arabia in 2023. According to a press release, the coaster will travel across four kilometers of track. That's one thing. You get some of these really cool high ones, but they're super short. Right? Like you're like... Four kilometers thing. is... That's twice as long as the longest roller coaster in existence right now. This is this is long. This is big. It's not like that going up and clickety 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 clickety. Oh my God, we're at the top. We're going down and it's over. This is long. Riders will experience the thrill of diving over a vertical cliff into a 160 meter meter deep valley, thanks to the use of a magnetic motor acceleration. To achieve unprecedented speeds of 250 plus kilometers per hour. Oh my god. <sighs> Falcon's flight will also be the world's tallest freestanding coaster structure featuring a parabolic airtime hill, allowing a weightlessness airtime experience. Oi. <laughs> your vomit yes. will be like floating in front of your face. <laughs> it will take up to 20 passengers on a three minute long ride that offers panoramic views of Six Flags Kadaya. Someone who is not okay with roller coasters is Kevin Hart. <laughs> Did we bleep this before we run it? Uh, here's evidence of that. When he went on one with, oh, this was so funny, Jimmy Fallon. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. Let's do it. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> does not like uh, 
Uh, Jimmy Fallon kept it together. I don't know how he didn't pee his pants laughing so hard at that one. Uh, Maybe he did. If he did, high five. Good job. Are you okay? (laughs) Texter says, Shane, your trip sounds like a Chevy Chase movie. Yes. (laughs) It really does, doesn't it? Best kind. uh, There's a national shift lampoons roller coaster vacation script. (laughs) Possible here. Should work on that. Oh, we can. Who's cousin Eddie? Uh, we'll have to, we'll have to draw straws for that one. Draw straws. We really will. Green Winnebago. Now nah, it's got to be a Cadillac. Are you okay? Are you okay with being? Are you okay with being dull? Being dull. Um, I don't know what that is like. Oh. <laughs> wow, Maddie. There's a story there. <laughs> no, Being, no. Uh, yeah. That was my impression of a dull person. I don't know. Yeah, no. I, I, I don't think you'd have, unless you are really okay with just not impressing yourself or anyone and you're just fine with routine, go for it. But for me, being dull is being boring. And that would drive me crazy. And I really hope I'm not dull. <laughs> I, yeah, I do like, I mean, I do like excitement, but I also love a good routine. Yeah, Matt's good. Uh, Matt's big on that. Matt's not big on change, right? Like, that's true for you. You do like your, you like where your stuff is. You like getting it done. You get here at the right time. Like, Matt's a, you know, keep it inside the box kind of guy. And I, I'm not like that, but there, I'm learning that I'm actually quite, a lot happier when I do some things like that, getting into some routine and do that. But I got to tell you some of the days with, you know, do it working in business with some of the phone calls you get and the things you have to go through and through COVID losing business. Like a couple of days ago, we got the, you know, the final debt payouts for one of the businesses that's, that's gone, you know, and those are big numbers. So on some of those days I would be like, yeah, I would be okay with a dull day today. That'd be all right. Yeah, no, for mm. sure. I I do appreciate a good rut. I appreciate a good rut. But I guess that depends on what is dull. Let's talk about that afterwards. A new Mexico man with an unusual hobby has been named one of the world's dullest people by experts on all things ordinary. Come on. If you're an expert of all things ordinary, you're the dull one. Here's a clip from KRQE News in New Mexico. Live your whole life hoping to achieve something, and finally, I've achieved something. But what Johnny Meyer has managed to achieve is anything but interesting. Dullest man, one of the dullest in the world. The gas station memorabilia collector is one of 12 people from around the world, selected by the Dull Men's Club as the world's dullest and featured in their 2021 calendar. When I look at the crowd I'm, uh, I'm a part of, wow, I'm so impressed with the other folks, the other dull people. Man, if we could all get together in the same room. That would arguably be the dullest room ever. Who would have ever thought of observing the different patterns on security envelopes? These are some extremely dull people. Meyer owns and operates the Classical Gas Museum in Embudo, New Mexico. He says he's been a collector for about 20 years. To me, the gas pumps are kind of sculptural. If you look at them, they're pieces of art. 
He says the Dolman's Club co-founder stopped in after a Colorado rug dealer told him about the museum. I didn't know there was a Dolman's Club. You know, I didn't know how many of us there really were. <laughs> There's a lot of you out there. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to me like he's he's detailed. Is being detailed dull? He's like digging into the details. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, me too. What is dull? Like, I mean, who do, who decides if you're dull? Just because you like interesting things and you look at all the lines inside envelopes? I don't know if that's dull. Curious, maybe. Yeah, I think the world could use more dullness. Maybe that could it's be invigorating like to you. How long you can talk to someone about what you do before they are tired of it? You know what I mean? Like, we work in late-night radio, but for him, I run a museum where I show gas pumps and gas station memorabilia. That's not the most boring job I've ever heard in my life, but I want to meet this guy. I want him to just tell me about gas station pumps and see what happens, see if I get dulled out or if I get intrigued. You just brought up that conversation we had a couple of weeks ago about boredom that everyone can listen to Mm -hmm. on the podcast. You know, what is boredom? So I don't know. I maybe what is dull? Maybe that's what we need to call our buddy back and see what the what is the definition of dull. Eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. We talked about car chases on Are You Okay? Carl is in Vegerville. Hey Carl. Hey, how's it going? Good. What's your thought about car chases? Okay. Um I don't know who was the the character, but uh the I think seventy one, seventy two, uh like Challenger, okay? And the car chase, and he ended up plowing into a blade of a, a D9 cat. You oh, know what I mean? Dear. And it was, I think it was a 70s Challenger. And the movie wow. was a Vanishing Point. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's I... back in 70, whatever. Okay. Yeah. And another thing, uh, one part of the movie. Uh, there's a girl uh, riding a motorbike in the back uh, grass of a uh, uh, acreage. Well, it was Cher naked. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, well, that that would make it a good motorbike chase, I suppose. Um, yeah, but no. With uh, with uh, Challenger, he started out with uh, a Deuce of Hazard uh, kind of charger, but then he sw- switched to a white uh, uh, Challenger. Hmm. And then he ended I, you up, know, like, say, there's say, a couple uh, laws of physics well, that say that you should not try to go head to head with a bulldozer. Uh, that's for sure. Thank you for the phone call, Carl. Uh, call Carl. I appreciate that. Carl hey, in Beggarville. Eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. Your calls, your text messages here, including trucker Kevin said Dukes of Hazard car chases. They did rule. They jumped a lot. I think that's really what made them. There was a lot of uh, good fishtailing right on the gravel roads and a lot of. Uh, a lot of jumping around, so there's that. Uh, the best car chase ever was Smokey and the Bandit, guys. It literally was one long car chase. Oh, That's a good point. He's a good point. Down, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, lethal Weapon was good. Was yep. that car chase Lethal Weapon? I don't remember. Oh, yeah. I can't remember if that's two or if that's one. Hmm. Uh, Bullet with Steve McQueen was a great car chase from Rob. Thank you, Rob. And uh, oh, Smokey and the Bandit got that one. Um, I have just under 700 horses under my hood. I have double steel frame guards all around me as much as I would never do it. A car chase will be fun with this thing. Says Trucker Dan. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Oh, and the roller coasters. There was one 
Uh, oh, here's a correction on that call or clarification. 1970 Dodge Challenger, movie made in 1971. And about that fastest roller coaster that's coming up, four kilometers long, 250 kilometers an hour. Rob sends this. He says, on a 250 kilometer an hour roller coaster, what if you got in the hit in the face when you're going fast by a Randy Bird? <laughs> uh, Thank you for tying it all together. Uh, uh, there, uh, Rob, I appreciate that. It's The Shift. We'll be right back. This is The Shift Podcast. It's official. We have an award show. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Graham O'Neill, uh, digital reporter and producer from ET Canada, joins us now to help us understand, are we going to have an award show? Is this a maybe thing? I don't know. I don't know if I can answer that question, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> to be determined. Yeah. <laughs> whether or not we're going to get what we want here. Okay, well, the good news is um, it's looking like it's going to be entertaining. Who's going to be there Maybe that doesn't matter so much because we do get a couple of our favorite people back for the Golden Globes, which includes Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Yeah, which is going to be awesome. Now, the weird thing is they're going to do it bi-coastal, so they're not going to be in the same location, which is going to be interesting because they have such great chemistry together and so much of their comedy is based on playing off each other. So it's going to be interesting to see how that works when, yeah, they're not in the same location. But yeah, they're hosting, so that's great. Watch, there'll be a delay, so it'll be all awkward. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they do that. Punchline, where's that punchline? Yeah. yeah. Waiting for it, waiting for it. And then yeah. they both say it at the same time. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, it's been the year of surprises. When we look at all these great shows, um, there's a couple that come to mind over the last year that have sort of been like COVID shows, right? Like uh, there's been a lot of interest in Hamilton. There's been a lot of interest in Queen's Gambit, stuff like that. Any surprises in our nominations that come out? Um, I mean, the TV side, there's not huge shockers on the TV side. Obviously we had the crown, which had a huge season since season four, but I mean, that show is bigger than ever. So it leads the way with six nominations. All the major actors got nominations. Same with Schitt's Creek. Five nominations. All the four main actors got nominated. The show got nominated. The only big one I'm seeing people talk about is I May Destroy You, which is a Netflix show that didn't get any nominations. People were really hoping it was going to grab some noms. But no, on the TV side, there wasn't really any huge shockers. Some people were talking about Bridgerton. I've tried to get into Bridgerton. I can't really get into it. Um, but people are disappointed that didn't get any nominations as well. But no, yeah, there weren't like, you know, huge outrage shocks on the TV side. So, Graham, what about you uh, during COVID? Like, is there any show like Ozark, anything like that, that you got into through the course of the last year? Um, like, I recently caught up on Insecure, uh, Issa Rae's show. I watched the first uh, three seasons of that. I recently watched The Flight Attendant. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of the shows everyone's watching. There hasn't been a show that completely, like, you know, started from the beginning and catching up. It's, there's so much TV these days. It's almost, it's hard to keep up. I almost, like, have to keep a list. Like, I've just started watching a season four of Fargo, which Fargo is my favorite show, but it's taken me this long to get around to season four. Like that aired a few months ago now. Yeah. And well, it's the glory of, of it's always there. Yeah. The internet today, <laughs> right? Like you can, you yeah, can go exactly. back and, and, and watch it again and again and again. Okay. So yeah. for me, the crown, I th- always thought the earlier seasons of the crown were way better, but um, I still love yeah. it. But then we've got the queen's gambit and uh, Anya Taylor joy to me. I guess that seems like a, a free pass for her to win, but I don't know this like you do. Um, who do we expect are going to take away the biggies? Yeah, I mean, people are talking that Shit's Creek is going to do well, but the thing about the Globes is that the Globes like to be different. The Globes don't like to follow suit with what the Emmys have done, so they very often go for the newbie. Um, like, so you think of like 
if you look at comedy actress over the years, they've always gone with like who's like Sarah Jessica Parker won the first season, uh, Jennifer Garner won for the first season of Alias. So they always try to go for the new to be a bit different. So I I don't think Shit's Creek is going to sweep again because that doesn't get the Globes any kind of headline. Right. Um, I think probably Catherine O'Hara will probably win. But yeah, look at every category and just who's the new, who's the one who hasn't won anything yet. Then so with the thing with Queen's Gambit. The Globes are the first award show that's come around to honor the Queen's Gambit, so they're ahead of the, the Emmys in that kind of sense. So, yeah, I highly suspect that Anna Taylor uh, is going to win for that because, yeah, she's the first award show that she's nominated at. I want to acknowledge the marketing behind the Peaky Blinders because as soon as Queen's Gambit oh, yeah. went to the top, they put Anya on top of the cover, right, for Peaky Blinders. Right. And she doesn't show up until season five in that show. Oh, really? Yeah. Marketing amazing. Marketing, yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. Okay, so the uh, actual show is coming up with the Golden Globes uh, in a few weeks, February 28th. Yeah. Does it, is it going to change? Do we know anything about the actual show, if it's going to look any different or? I mean, not really. I mean, we saw the Emmys and how they did that and everyone's at home and I suspect it's very much going to be the same way. I think they're not saying much right now because they don't necessarily know, right? Like they, now that they know the nominees, then they can go to know all the nominees and figure out where are you going to be? How are we going to do this? Because I mean, the Emmys, they sent, I can't remember what the number was. I think it was like 150, 170, like individual kits for every single nominee, which I suspect that the Globes will do that as well. And even the Globes are even more international. So you're going to have people all over, all over the place. So I think they're keeping mom just because they got to figure it out. They got to figure out if okay, that person's going to be in, in that location. Can we shoot something there? So yeah, it's going to be, yeah, the next few weeks are going to be crazy for them trying to figure this out. So, okay. If we could look at our crystal ball here, do you think this changes award shows beyond through COVID or do, does everyone come back to the one theater? Or are we going to start seeing, I think we're going to start seeing multiple location, like those old school concerts, like multiple location award show scenarios now, because they figured it out. Well, I do think, I mean, the Emmy Awards, people loved seeing people at home. Like that moment when Zendaya won Best Actress and her entire family is behind her. People loved that. So I think, yeah, I very much suspect they're going to try to find a hybrid of, yeah, maybe doing stuff on a stage. But that at-home thing of people just sitting on their couch with their loved ones waiting to hear if they want. I think it was a great, great moment. So I think they're going to have to try to maintain that in some kind of regards. Well, everyone's got that weird aunt or uncle, right? That's going to be in the background. It's going to be there. Uh, thanks so yeah. much for the update. Uh, Graham O'Neill with ET Canada and the Golden Globes coming up in a few weeks. Great to see you, brother. Yeah, good to see you too. Th take care. Tina Fey and Amy Poehler are going to be hosting them. Even though they're going to be separate, it'll be interesting to see how they interact. Now, these two ladies have been together for a very, very long time. One of those couple of people, I'm assuming their friendship is as good as it appears to be. Just how fun would it be to be a fly on the wall of their conversations? And I don't mean like working conversations. I mean, that would be cool too. But just to be a fly on the wall of those two tossing around ideas or talking story, that would be really cool. Now, they launched into stardom thanks to their incredible work on Saturday Night Live. Tina Fey put together the script for dozens of sketches. Her first appearances on the show started in about 2000. Now, they started with writing and stuff first, and then more and more so on the show. Eventually, Fey and Polar gathered on stage together in the run-up to the 2008 presidential election. So, it's, uh, it is officially Throwback Thursday now, and out of a salute to Amy Poehler and Tina Fey, we thought we would base our Throwback Thursday today on these two ladies. 
when they came really together in the public eye, which was 2008. That's when they started together with the presidential election down in the States and their first sketch on screen together, the nonpartisan message from Governor Sarah Palin and Senator Hillary Clinton appeared during the 34th season premiere of SNL on September 3rd, 2008. Throwback Thursday for you with this sketch starring Tina Fey and Amy Poehler as Palin and Clinton. What an amazing time we live in. Mm. To think that just two years ago, I was a small town mayor of Alaska's crystal meth capital. (laughs) And now I am just one heartbeat away from being president of the United States. It just goes to show that anyone can be president. Anyone. 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 (laughs) All you have to do is want it. Looking back, if I could change one thing, I probably should have wanted it more. (laughs) So, in the next six weeks, I invite the media to be vigilant for sexist behavior. Although it is never sexist to question female politicians' credentials, please ask this one about dinosaurs. (laughs) In conclusion, I invite the media to grow a pair. And if you can't, I will lend you mine. And as we say in Alaska, we say it everywhere. Live from New York, it's Saturday Uh That was the start of some wonderful sketches that they did. Uh, the Sarah Palin stuff was. The Clinton stuff was amazing. The Sarah Palin stuff was amazing. <sighs> but you know what? Saturday Night Live's been good. I was going to say, um, maybe, you know, I wish we could go back there and, you know, sort of relive some of those old shows, which of course you can online. But the, the reality is the last few years on Saturday Night Live have been pretty amazing too. I don't know. Yeah. Back in 2008. Let's look at the Golden Globes in 2008, shall we? Unless you, did you want to talk about the, the ladies more or, uh, well, I mean, like that wasn't the first time they ever did a sketch together. That was the first time they did Palin and Clinton together. Right. And it and that skyrocketed into sketch after sketch after sketch. But I mean, when I was a kid and you know, starting to see more adult comedy, those two are what I associated Saturday Night Live with. And mm. I love Amy Poehler is one of my favorite comedians of all time. Read her book. It is incredible. Yeah, and if I if I might quickly add here too, uh, I mean Tina Fey's book Bossy Pants is also hilarious. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, like these are two, and will I think always remain as two like just comedy geniuses in terms of like writing and performing. Like, you know, Thirty Rock and um, Parks and Recreation, I think, are two of the greatest you know television series of the twentieth first century. Mm. Yeah. Well, and if you look at the fact that uh, Tina Fey started writing for Saturday Night Live in 1997, that's when it all began. And then from that, you know, the Second City stuff that she did, the improv stuff, into Saturday Night Live, into 30 Rock, uh, then there was the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, all the other writing that she did, the SNL appearances from there on to do the Sarah Palins, like the long list of work that both of these two humans have created, like it is a very, very long list 
uh, of of amazing work that they've done. Yeah, it's remarkable, staggering, and and quality too. Like it's not just qual, it's not just quantity, it's quality. Like it's all pretty much all great. I love it. All right. Uh, they will be hosting the Golden Globes. Now, in a tribute to the Golden Globes, since it is coming up and the uh, nominees were announced today, back in 2008, let's look at the Golden Globes because they highlighted some groundbreaking movies, part of Throwback Thursday, in some interesting times for the film industry back then. It's hard to believe it was 13 years ago. Feels like forever ago, but kind of feels like it was just yesterday. Atonement Ooh. beat out No Country for Old Men, and there will be blood for, and there will be blood for the top category. <laughs> that would have been a great place for a comma since we talked about that punctuation is <laughs> important there will be blood for the top category Yikes. and there will be blood for the top category category is blood and there as will be. for the best musical comedy category a musical one now i know this as sweeney todd the musical the movie is uh, a little bit darker. It's kind of, I always sort of saw it as an Edward Scissorhands sort of uh, dressing to Sweeney Todd, the demon barber of Fleet Street. It was directed by Tim Burton and adaptation of Stephen Sondheim and Hugh Wheeler's Tony Award winning 1979, um, Sweeney Todd, the musical. The film, film retells a Victorian melodramatic tale of Sweeney Todd, the English barber, who doesn't love their barber? Well, except when they're a serial killer, too. He murders his customers with a straight razor with the help of his accomplice, Mrs. Lovett. Processes their corpses into meat pies. It's a good family affair. This is the tale of an ordinary man who had everything. Barker, his name was Benjamin Barker. Until a man of power stole his freedom, destroyed his family and banished him. May the Lord have mercy on your soul. For life. And in his sorrow, a new man was born. Fifteen years dreaming, and I come home to a wife and child. Benjamin Barker. No Barker. Sweeney Todd now. And he will have his revenge. Who's my wife? She's gone. He's got your daughter. Judge Tuffin. You gotta leave this all behind you now. No. These are desperate times. Desperate measures are called for. Johnny Depp, just as weird back then, won the award for best actor in a musical or comedy with his portrayal of Todd. Maybe that's why I sort of took it as the Edward Scissor hands of Maybe I he was definitely brought the Burton to that role, but he was perfect. That movie is so good. Love it. Love it. Love it. Worth Mrs. It. Love it. Love it. <laughs> Love it. All right. So throwback Thursday, 2008 is where we are. Um, let's do another movie. Uh, best actress, Julia Christie, uh, Julie Christie one, Christie one, Ryan Christie one. <laughs> I wonder if she's a realtor. Yikes. <laughs> the irony is incredible because know, of the conversation right? earlier. Uh, as for best actor, so Ryan assembles these things. This is part of the job. We all share responsibilities. And so uh, when these things come together, Julie Christie one. Punct- commas matter. As for best actress, actress 
Julie Christie won for her performance in Away From Her as Fiona Anderson. There's no punctuation at all. The Canadian film centers on a couple whose marriage is tested when the wife begins to develop Alzheimer's and moves into a nursing home, where she loses virtually all memory of her husband and begins to develop a close relationship with another nursing home resident. She was 18, she said. Do you think it would be fun if we got married? I never wanted to be away from her. Half the time I wander around looking for something which I know is very pertinent. I can't remember what it is. Everything is gone. I couldn't just leave her here. We understand it is very difficult to leave a loved one in a new environment for so long. I don't think I like the place. I think all we can aspire to in this situation is a little bit of grace. There she is. So you've made a new friend. Fiona, what are you doing with Aubrey? He doesn't confuse me. He doesn't confuse me at all. Look at me, Fiona. I'm your husband. We've been married for 45 years. We've had a good life together. Don't. Well, there's a man with a broken heart, broken in a thousand pieces. That Julie Christie one, she's talented. All right. I heard that Julie Christie won one for that one. She did. She won. How many Julie Christie won ones for a one that she won and an award and a one? Yeah, well, Christie won one one. Christie won one. She didn't win two. It's the Shift Podcast. Uh, Every single show at this time here on the Shift, we have a little segment that we like to call In Case You Missed It. In case you missed it on the radio, here's Ryan. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> uh, it started out okay. There it is. And then it just... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ryan. That's, that's, how, that's me. <laughs> um, Look, I had a, a tweet that I was going to talk about. I'm going to save it because as I was getting ready, to, you know, getting organized, a... um. A story came across my uh, my desk under my bed here, and I just have to talk about it. Oh, Lil Uzi Vert, he's a rapper. Yeah. Okay. I I don't really listen to to Lil Uzi. He's got a couple of good uh, features on some Kanye songs, but that's all I really know about his music. Um, but he has done something that might be the most incredible example of having so much money you have no idea what to do with it. Because he just dropped a couple million, a couple, on rebranding his face. The 26-year-old rapper spent $24 million on a pink diamond, which he has implanted on his face. I am not joking. There is a picture on, of a video, rather, of him on his Instagram page of like, it's, it's like a dot in the middle of his forehead, except it's a massive pink diamond it's between 10 and 11 carats it's real it's taken him four years to pay for all of it it's a natural diamond which was dyed pink and that process took four years the caption on the video (laughs) just says beauty is pain I, i i joke about that a lot beauty is pain you know if i have an um you know, uncomfortable pair of shoes I'm wearing. I'll say that this is next level though. This is on his face forever. 
fans of the rapper were asking him to, you know, get a ring like a normal person. In response, he said, if I lose the ring in a year, you will make fun of me more than putting it in my forehead. Okay. And if, if he gets robbed. <laughs> oh, that's going to be a violent robbery. I mean, that's I wouldn't worry. He's probably got amazing private security. But like, this is insane. Like, grills, I thought, were always extra. You know, something like a very 90s thing to have like gold teeth or diamond teeth. And, you know, bling is, is one thing. Slight bars oh, there. But, uh, oh my, this, it's enormous. It, it's not even a small slight one. bars there? <laughs> yeah, slight bars. <laughs> nice. It's a rhyme. Slight bars. This is insane. So Lil Uzi Vert has put a it's, diamond on his head. I'm going to guess enormous. it's bigger. It's about the, it's, it's, it's like an oval shaped gem. And it looks like it's probably, I'm going to say as big as a loony, maybe as big as a Toonies diameter. But except it's an oval, pink uh, gem in the middle of his forehead, and he's got matching pink earrings and a pink ring. Um, You know, Lil Uzi Vert sounds like street cred. His real name is Samir Woods. Yeah, well, that's why he has a rapper name, you know? Yeah, clearly. So there you go. 24 million U.S. dollars on a diamond that you put in your i can't tell if this is a flex or the dumbest thing i've ever heard of in my entire life i, I think it'll maybe glue. no Just no it's it's surgery if you look no. like the the way a ring holds a big diamond like yeah, yeah I, like, I don't know what to call it but it you know comes out of the protrudes from the ring and holds it in place that is yeah. in his head now it's in his head this is like some cyberpunk stuff right here this is insane okay Wow! It's like, wow! If 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 you're maybe if you're going like bargain basement, like if you want to flex like that, you know. But you're not like a national rapper. You're more like you're like a local, like local hip hop <laughs> sensation. Yeah. Um, I think what you would do is maybe th- go into like the cubic zirconium kind of thing, yeah. or go to the dollar store and just Stop stoppers. Yeah, and instead of getting like surgery, you just get you hold you hold it up to your forehead. And you get your your fellow homeboy to just punch you right in the forehead until you, that thing just stays there. Well, I mean, it's it's on his head. It's not mm. even like it it comes out a lot, eh? Like if it was really implanted and it didn't protrude so much from his face, I it would look different. But it literally looks like like Matt said, somebody took a ring and punched it into his head and it's just sticking out. Yep. It's so well it does it like there's the prongs, the ring the prongs for the gemstone the are sticking there out. It is from it looks like it's sticking out from under the skin and clamping down on the diamond and holding it there. Oh Trucker Dan, That's... should I rebrand my monkeyer to Diesel Dan? I can have a giant turbocharger implanted in my forehead. <laughs> <laughs> what would you what would you have implanted on your head to make a statement about who you are? For me, it would be a Lego brick. That's what I would do. And then I could customize it and put more <laughs> oh, stuff on it. it. Yeah. That'd be amazing. I'm gonna do that for Halloween one year. <laughs> Mine would probably be like a scrabble tile. Yeah. With a letter. I would be too yeah. self conscious and I would just put my, my hair over my forehead. You'd have a guitar pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say that, but you know, then I wouldn't be able to use it. Mm. If, if you were talented, you could play, you could strum with it with your face. Yeah, or you know, just 
pluck it out and plug it back in. Put some 3M Velcro tape on it and just... Yeah. <laughs> this has gone to a place it should not yeah. go. Oh, my God. Uh, anyway, okay, well, we'll use this face. to... Yeah, if you're going to rebrand your... <laughs> you're going to rebrand your look okay i'll move on speaking of look every day is one day closer to a movie i am so excited for because we're getting closer to justice league the Zack snyder cut this guy's probably fought hundreds of thousands of other super beings on the other planets he's destroyed right and we have to assume he's won i don't care how many demons he's fought and how many hells he's never fought us not us united. Yes. Batman voice. I love it. Oh, man. Okay, so I yes, I know it's not technically a new movie, but it pretty much is because if you didn't know, Zack Snyder was originally directing Justice League. However, unfortunately, Zack's daughter committed suicide. So he stepped away from the project and Joss Whedon came in and finished it. I do not like Joss Whedon. I don't like the movies he makes. Justice League was not a great movie, and there's all kinds of allegations of abuse on set. It was kind of a disaster. However, Zack filmed a bunch of the movie before he left, and he has been brought back, and he shot everything else he needed, and now we're getting close to a four-hour Justice League movie. I don't even care if it sucks. I love Zack Snyder. Like, even the bad movies, they're great. Like, I love the Watchmen film. It's fantastic. But one of the unused aspects of the Snyder Cut has been kind of teased on Twitter with a picture of the Joker. Want to know how I got these scars? Well, I'm the Joker, baby! <laughs> That's just a really terrible Joker audition that I found on YouTube that I wanted to play for you. It has nothing to do with the movie. <laughs> I'm the Joker, baby! I he, love it. He tried. He tried really hard. Anyway, so director Zack Snyder tweeted out a photo of a gloved hand holding a Joker card, as well as a blurry image of the Joker in the background. Snyder tagged Jared Leto, who played uh, the Joker in the Suicide Squad movie. Now, that movie's horrible, and I don't like his performance in that movie. However, the makeup and the the uh, actual look of the Joker in this Justice League thing promo is completely different from the David Ayer Suicide Squad movie. So maybe we're getting a whole different Joker here. Zack Snyder's Justice League in its full re-edited form will be released on HBO Max. I'm not sure how it's getting released in Canada yet. If I can go to a theater to watch it, I will on March 18th. Another thing that was released today, the rating for the film rated r we're getting more rated r batman movies and uh i'm all for it i'm all for it so nerds unites we've got more comic book stuff coming your way uh there's my justice league the united nerds of north america <laughs> nerds unite <laughs> yes nerds right. unite um this is one that i think will make everyone smile because some canadian hero is in a Super Bowl ad. We now live in a world where the Super Bowl is still like, what, three days away? And they've already released like half of the Super Bowl ads online, which is like really weird because I always love the anticipation up to the Super Bowl for the ads. But one of them has been released and it has a Canadian icon in it. And the ad features is from Uber Eats. It features some subliminal messaging about uh, eating local. And... Um, well, you'll probably recognize who the star is from the second the ad starts. 
This local access message is brought to you by Uber Eats. Freeze World! Freeze World! Perfect time! Excellent! <laughs> hey everyone! Welcome to Wayne's World. Party on, Wayne. Party on, Garth. As a local access show, we want everyone to support local restaurants. But we'd never manipulate you the way all these other commercials do. Yeah, that's really sad. Totally. We're better than that. Yeah, we'd never shamelessly rely on a celebrity cameo. Right, Cardi B? Yeah, eat local. Or jump on the latest trend. Eat local. All right. Excellent. The ad, the ad is. There's some moments of cringe in the ad, but I was just really happy to see the Wayne's World song. I don't care about Uber Eats there. I just, I was really happy to see that. And the message of eating local with or without delivery services, which you should, if you can, pick up from restaurants. Do that because that's how they make money, not from delivery services. Uh, do it up. Good message. But Wayne's World, yes, in a 2021 Super Bowl ad. It's an interesting choice, but I'm all for it. Uh, some of the other ads that have leaked are like Doritos. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel is in that one. Uh, Matthew McConaughey is in that one too. M&M's, sorry, M&M's, not the rapper, the candy. There's some stuff there. Um, <laughs> He's got an M&M in the middle of his forehead. He's re- rebranding his face. Yep. There's a lot going on there. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> would you be a peanut M and M? Would you want a peanut M and M stuck down your head or a normal? It's got to be a peanut protein. Be peanut. Thanks for listening to the Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show, and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.